Can you imagine your life where money is your friend, working with you to achieve all your dreams and desires? If you struggle seeing money as your friend, then join Kathy Cook Noble, financial advisor and educator on understanding how your money can work for you. It is possible. Now, here is Financially Speaking with Kathy Cook Noble. Good afternoon and welcome to Financially Speaking on the Inspired Choices Network. I'm your host, Kathy Cook Noble, and we get together on Mondays and we talk about all things financial. And those aren't necessarily the scary uh, F words that we think of uh, when it comes to finance. Uh, it's more about uh, what we really need to understand ourselves. And I, I say it all the time, actually. I think I say it every day. Uh, really, you just need to understand your own stuff. And there's no question about it that you're capable of doing that. The, the problem that gets things complicated is the stuff you see on TV or the stuff you hear about uh, in the news or whatever sensationalism that you hear. And, and you think, gosh, that's really complicated. I can't understand it myself. And that's 100% not true. The only thing you need to understand is your own stuff. Now, if you want to understand all that stuff you see on TV about uh, living in multiple houses in multiple countries with different tax codes, and that's fine. That, if that's what you want to you know, learn for some extra knowledge, no problem. But make sure you understand your own stuff first. And that really means focusing on your information, your finances, your uh, goals for yourself, for your family, for your kids, for your community, for your retirement, uh, for your lifestyle, really focus on yourself. There is nothing wrong and uh, it's encouraged to focus on yourself when it comes to your finances. Make sure you know where your money is. Make sure you know where it's going. Make sure you understand what you want out of your money. Make sure you understand how much you need to su supplement your lifestyle or sustain your lifestyle. Uh, make sure you know, you know, what it, I want to retire. Uh, what does that look like? Because there's, uh, there's retirement when we talk about money. Now that's, that's my my everyday conversation is what does retirement look like with your money? But retirement is also what does retirement look like every day? What are you going to do with your time and yourself? And are you and your spouse or partner uh, on the same page as what you're going to do? Uh, I've had funny conversations where I ask that question and he's traveling all over and she's sitting at home reading a book and those do not jive at all. Uh, if you are trying to plan your retirement together. So have those conversations with each other and don't be afraid of the finances. Uh, I, I tell people that all the time, like really you can correct anything in your finances. You can get help if you want help. You can get people to um, answer questions for you. You can write into the show. I'll answer the questions for you. Um, all the show topics that we get are 100% from, from questions that we get either in our practice, in my practice here every day as a financial advisor, as a bookkeeper, um, or they come from families and, or, or friends or, or write into the, you know, different people have asked about different questions. They didn't understand a particular topic. And that's what we do here on financially speaking is we just break it down and say, okay, let's, let's talk about bank fees. Let's talk about mortgages. Let's talk about all these acronyms that are in the financial world. Let's talk about when to talk to your kids about money. Let's talk about life insurance. What is it? What do we do with it? And, and why does everybody think it's so boring when it's so much fun? And these are all the things that we talk about here. So please feel free to write in. 
uh, email me. Uh, you can contact me through the show. You can email me. You can join us live in the chat room on Monday nights. And if you have a question or a topic that you want to hear done on the show, we'll do it. And speaking of joining us, we have a brand new app and it's super cool and super easy to use. So download the Inspired Choices Network uh, in the App Store. So that's either you have Apple, it's good for Android. Uh, no, no way you can't get it because it's there for everybody and it downloads easy and it's free, 100% free. And you can listen to it live. You can follow us live. Um, you can join us in the chat room live from the app. Uh, you can also, if you aren't able to make it live, you can uh, plug yourself into the show in over 250 podcasts that we have, uh, as well as the TV. So if there's something that you need or there's something you're looking for, uh, and it's not just financially speaking, like the, the hosts on the Inspired Choices Network are experts in each of their fields and they're easy to talk to and you can reach out and, and, and get questions answered or even work with them if you want to. Um, so I encourage you to plug yourself into whichever show you need to get the support from because that's really what it's about here at ICN is uh, making sure you have the full picture of your life. It's not just about your money. That's just one topic that we have. I mean, I'm not saying that money is not important. Uh, and I'm not saying that it holds all the importance and people mistake that sometimes money is important because we need it to buy groceries, to pay our hydro bill, to uh, put fuel in the vehicles, to put kids in school and, you know, buy clothes and, and things like that. The amount of money we need for each of those is the question that we always can answer for ourselves because we decide what kind of vehicle, what kind of school, what kind of clothes, what kind of food that we're all purchasing all this stuff for. So that's where we start to really decide how much money do we need and, and how do we need the money? Um, do we need it every month, a certain amount coming in? Are we tracking that? Is it every year that we make certain bill payments? Like is our insurance paid for our house every year, every month, every quarter? How do we do this? Uh, these are all questions that you need to ask yourself. And it's easy enough for you to understand. And I tell people all the time to track your cash. So just write it down, what comes in and what goes out. And, and, and if you need help with that, then join us here on Mondays on Financially Speaking. If you need help with relationships or parenting advice or uh, maybe business advice or some lifestyle coaching, uh, there are so many other hosts out there that are great at answering those questions. And you can either join us live, join them live, or you can listen on the app, which is 100% free. So download it either through your Android or through your Apple. It's uh, it's it works both ways. So go ahead and download that and join us um, anytime um, on the app or here live on the, uh, for me, for on Monday, but for all the other shows, depending on which one. And, and you can certainly look us up on the, on the website. So a couple of weeks back, um, I started a series on women in business and, 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 uh, I guess it was about four weeks ago and we launched it off with a friend of mine, Lori Hawkins and uh, she's a brilliant um, businesswoman. She has been in business a very long time. Uh, she's uh, an amazing consultant. Like she just is one of these people who not just had formal business training, but actually is able to perform in the real world um, in the business world and, and, 
she's super easy to talk to, super easy to get along with, and very clear on how to get people clear in their businesses. So her and I started off the series, and we started off because we were talking about how International Women's Day comes up March the 8th. And we thought, you know, there's a lot of opportunities for women in um, finances and women in business that we should highlight because there's a lot of really amazing women out there that we get the opportunity in, in our different businesses to, to see and talk to and, and help out a little bit in their various ways that they need us. And we've had some really, really great women on the last four, maybe five weeks now, actually. And next week is uh, Women's International Women's Day. So I thought, you know what, tonight I'm going to talk about women in business, women in finance, because that's sort of my thing where I am. <laughs> and uh, I may know something about it. I hope I know something about it. So I thought, you know what, we'll do um, getting ready for next week when I have Lori back and we talk about International Women's Day and and how that looks uh, and and really how that affects us even just psychologically, quite frankly. But tonight I want to talk about how it even came about. So that's what we're going to do tonight. We're going to talk about International Women's Day. We're going to talk about women in finance. And we're going to talk about, I'm going to share with some stats with you, which are, they. you know, it's funny. I read the stats and I, I expect that I'm going to not be surprised. And then I'm always a little bit surprised because I think, really? Um, I always expect that something's going to have, have changed so much more and uh, sometimes I'm pleasantly surprised and, and sometimes I'm not surprised at all and other times I'm just surprised that nothing surprised me because nothing changed but I'm going to share some of those stats with you and and tonight we're, we're actually going to talk about how um, I'm going to take you through the chronology of it because I think it's interesting to know the history of International Women's Day so how did we even come about having such a day and and why do we have such a day um, and, and you might be surprised. This is one of those things that surprised me in the, in the, oh, that's kind of cool way. Uh, do you know when it started? Do you know when International Women's Day started? And that I thought, you know, we've been hearing about it for the last several years. And so it's probably one of those things that started, you know, in maybe the nineties or the eighties or, or something to that effect. No, it was in the early 1900s. And I found that to be very fascinating. So I am going to share that with you tonight because I think it's it's kind of important. You know, there's a lot of talk about history now and I'm not going to, I certainly don't get into political opinions on this show because um, politics may affect your finances. But at the end of the day, the economy, which is what I focus on every day and finances, um, it, it keeps running its course. And there's always a little bit of input and snags and so on in different political parties. But for the most part, the economy is a beast of its own. And I don't get into any political commentary or anything like that. Uh, but I, I do think it's kind of interesting that um, the 1900s is when we started with International Women's Day. And I always find it fascinating because I think... Um, like there's that part of me that thinks, why do we even need to have one? Uh, and, and not because women are to be celebrated and aren't fantastic in so many ways, but the part of me that's just like, obviously, <laughs> you know, we're obviously in amazing jobs or amazing professions and, and have amazing opportunities. And I think that's so obvious, but it actually isn't so obvious. And it hasn't been so obvious for, for that long. 
And, and I guess I'm blessed because for me, it has been um, obvious that women should be celebrated. And uh, I have some pretty great women in my life. My, my, my kids, three, three of the four are beautiful women, young women, and are doing really well. And, and I'm super proud of them. And I'm super proud of I'm super proud of the boy too, but the girls are, <laughs> uh, since we're talking about International Women's Day, um, they deserve some celebration as well. So they're all four of them are fantastic kids, but three of them are girls. And I am just, it's, it's so funny because I don't think that there's any limit to what they're capable of. All four of them, quite frankly, I think they're fantastic and there's no limit to them. But I never thought that there would ever be a limit just because one's a girl over one being a boy. Um, and then you get reading some stuff and you start thinking, wow, like that really happens, eh? So let's let's start with how did International Women's Day come about? So it's been observed since the early 1900s, like I mentioned. And that was a time of great expansion and great turbulence in the industrialized world. It saw a booming population and some radical ideas. Here's a radical one. 1908, the great unrest and critical debate. Oh, see, someone's calling in right now. How cool is that? So here we go. 1908, women's oppression and inequality was spurring women to become more vocal and active in campaigning for change. Then in 1908, 15,000 women. Now, this is before the internet, before phones, before cell phones, before any of that stuff. 15,000 women marched through New York demanding shorter hours, better pay, and voting rights, voting rights, you couldn't vote. I, like you read this stuff and you're like, that's right, women couldn't vote. So in 1909, in accordance with the declaration by the Socialist Party of America, the first national women's day was observed. And this was observed in the United States on February the 28th. Cool timing, huh? That we're doing the show. And they continued to celebrate it right up until 19. Uh, 1913 and it was always the last Sunday of the month so up until 1913 and then it stopped but I'm just gonna tell you what happened then so in 1910 there was a second international conference of working women and it was held in Copenhagen so across the pond and the uh the idea was for this international women's day and it was proposed that every year in every country there should be a celebration on the same day and it would be a women's day. So the conference at the time had over a hundred women. This is in 1910. So how cool is this? Like there's no internet, there's no social media and they organize all this and have people flying over to Copenhagen. There was a hundred women from 17 countries and uh, it was unanimous and approval and women's day was the result. So then 1911 comes along, and this is after Copenhagen, and we have International Women's Day. It was honored for the first time in Austria, Denmark, Germany, and Switzerland. This time it was on the 19th of March, and more than 1 million women and men attended International Women's Day rallies, campaigning for women's right to work, to vote, to be trained, to hold public office, and to end discrimination. This happened in 1911. Like, this is incredible. So as I was thinking about this and as I'm reading this and, and sharing this information, um, it's, it's really one of these things that makes you think that this was 
not always, and, and I know we talk about today and we have obviously room to improve, but there was a time when women couldn't vote. Uh, they couldn't hold public office. Um, they had virtually no rights. Um, they wanted training like this. It, it blows my mind when I think that that was even an issue, but, but we know it was. And uh, obviously we were going to talk about how things have changed and, and how much more things can change. So you are listening to Financially Speaking. We're going to take our first break tonight. Don't go anywhere. We are talking about International Women's Day and you are listening to Financially Speaking on the Inspired Choices Network. I'm your host, Kathy Cook-Noble, and I'll be right back. Too many of us get caught up in the unreal lives of reality television and complete to acquire stuff, which is setting us up to accumulate lots of debt. We're scared, confused, and don't know who to talk to. By tuning into Financially Speaking Radio Show with financial advisor and educator Kathy Cook-Noble, you'll learn tips you can use to improve your financial health, which in turn can improve your overall health and make for a very happy life. Live a life you can afford and enjoy. It is possible. Listen for Financially Speaking Radio Show every Monday at 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 3 p.m. Central, 2 p.m. Mountain, and 1 p.m. Pacific on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. Are you a subject matter expert? Are you here to share your expertise with an audience waiting to hear from you in only the way you can deliver? Are you ready to have your voice amplified across the airwaves? Inspired Choices Network has a global radio platform streaming to millions of people across the world. Professionally produced and supported by an accomplished team every step of the way, you can broadcast from anywhere in the world knowing your voice matters and we ensure it is delivered with ease and efficiency. Eager to hear your message, the world awaits. Contact us today to become an Inspired Choices Network radio host. Email become a host at inspiredchoicesnetwork.com. This is the Financially Speaking Show with financial advisor and educator Kathy Cook Noble. To participate in the program, join our live studio audience in our chat room at inspiredchoicesnetwork.com. You can also make the choice to ask or comment by email by sending to Kathy at bookkeepplus.ca. Now back to the program. Welcome back, everyone. You are listening to Financially Speaking on the Inspire Choices Network. I am your host, Kathy Cook-Noble. And tonight we are talking about International Women's Day. And we're talking about women in finance and women in business. And just before we went to the break, I just started to share with you the history of how International Women's Day was started. And we got up to the year 1911. And that was the uh, um, International Women's Day uh, conference, actually, the first one that they had there. And well, then we move into 1913 and 1914. And this was on the eve of World War One, campaigning for peace. Here's, a, here's an ironic um, piece of trivia. It was Russian women that observed their first International Women's Day on February 23rd, which was the last Sunday in February. And <clears throat> following the discussions of International Women's Day, it was agreed to be annually on March the 8th. And that translated in the widely adopted Gregorian calendar from February 23rd, and it's remained that day ever since. So ever since 1914, that was where the date came from. 
Um, now, since 14, uh, further women across Europe held rallies to campaign against the war and to express women's solidarity. So for example, in London in the United Kingdom, there was a march from Bow to Trafalgar Square in support of women's suffrage on March 18th. Um, it's kind of ironic that the it was Russian women that were observing, and we're talking about that tonight, isn't it? Um, then we move into 1917. And on the last Sunday of February, the Russian women, this is 1917, began a strike for what was they called bread and peace. And it was in response to the death of over 2 million Russian soldiers in World, World War I. So opposed by political leaders, the women continued to strike until four days later. And the Tsar was forced to abdicate and the provincial or provisional government granted women the right to vote. The date the women's strike commenced was Sunday, February 23rd. And this was the Julian calendar that was then used in Russia. And this day on the Gregorian calendar is in use elsewhere. And that would have been March the 8th. Then we jump up to 1975 and International Women's Day was celebrated for the first time by the United Nations in 1975. And then again, in December, 1977, the General Assembly adopted a resolution proclaiming a United Nations Day for Women's Right and International Peace. And it was to be uh, observed on any day of the year by member states in accordance with the historical and national traditions. And then we jump into 1996 and the UN announced their first annual theme and it was celebrating the past and planning for the future. And this was followed in 1997 by women in the peace at the peace table 98 was women and human rights, and 99 was world free of violence against women. And each year since there has been a theme that they have carried on. So in 2000, once we hit the new millennium, uh, there was not a lot of activity with International Women's Day in most countries. Uh, the world seemed to have moved on and there wasn't a lot of that celebration. So the they needed to they needed to reignite that International Women's Day and to give it the respect it deserves and to raise awareness. So there was urgent they and they they the women had urgent work to do, and that's how they described it. The battles had not been won and gender parity still had not been achieved, and the violence against women is worse than it is for men. So, however great uh, improvements that have been made. There, and we do have some great improvements. There's no question about it. We have female astronauts. We have female prime ministers. We have school girls uh, that are uh, able to go to universities and are welcome to post-secondary. We have women who can uh, work and have a family, either or or both. We have women that uh, they make real choices. So there's always inspiration and there's always work to do. And we definitely should celebrate the advances. And, there, and I'm going to talk a little bit later about how there's more work that we can do with Women's and International Women's Day. And it's it's kind of cool because there's a whole bunch of countries that are listed where they now, it's an official holiday, like places like Afghanistan, Armenia, uh, uh, Madagascar, uh, Russia, um, Uganda, Ukraine, Vietnam. So it's kind of kind of cool to see the progression, but I mean, obviously we know there's more to do. Um, this tradition of um, International Women's Day and honoring picking that one day 
it's um, where men honor wives, girlfriends, mothers, colleagues, et cetera, with flowers and small gifts in these countries. And in some countries, International Women's Day has the equivalent status of Mother's Day, believe it or not, where children give small presents to their mothers and grandmothers. So it's, it's definitely grown in different places, different countries honor it differently. Um, and we're going to talk about that, uh, about how different countries, we have more work to do. Uh, I'm going to talk tonight about Canada and the U.S. because I am in Canada and we have a lot of Canadian and U.S. Um, connections. We have a lot of overlap in terms of customs and uh, clearly we're on the same continent. We're very close in geographical proximity. So there's a lot of overlap between Canada and the United States. Uh, we are going to talk um, 2022. Uh, it's kind of interesting the last couple of years. Obviously, there hasn't been able to be the celebrations that uh, we would have had normally in person. Um, I'm seeing some stuff around already that there's going to be some celebrations on March the 8th, and uh, they might not be quite as grand as we were used to three years ago, but I'm, I have no doubt at all and all the confidence in the world that you're going to start seeing those celebrations again in their uh, glory like they were three years ago. Um, the International Women's Day, so uh, it actually, in Canada, I will tell you, the government of Canada has a theme for International Women's Day, and for 2022, so for this year, it is called Women Inspiring Women. And in the United States, which is just across the border from us, their theme this year is uh, Break the Bias. That's the International Women's Day theme. So each country usually picks a theme now that they go with. And it's going to celebrate all the women's and women and girls who inspire us by demonstrating leadership in the choices they make in their day to day lives to contribute to the social, economic, cultural and political spheres. And this is right off the government of Canada's website, believe it or not, it's grown in that kind of uh, importance and it's grown in that kind of that big of a recognition. So in Canada, unlike many other countries. We are very blessed here. There's no question about it. Women are free to study and be leaders in the field that they choose. They can even be in finance, which we'll talk about tonight. Uh, they can care and provide for their families. They can express who they are. They can fight for their beliefs. Um, we're very lucky in Canada that we have the opportunities to express ourselves that way. And I know in other countries like the United States, but definitely not in other countries around the world. Um, so that is a, a pretty short, <laughs> if you will, history lesson of International Women's Day and how it got started. I was pretty fascinated to see that it it had started way back in the early 1900s. So I think the, the, the opportunities have grown and a lot of women, and, and I honestly think that the advancements in technology that have been made have helped. I mean, you certainly can get word out better, faster. Sometimes it's not always for the good, but uh, you can definitely share information a lot faster now than they that you than you used to be able to share. So I think that's great um, when you want to do a an event like International Women's Day, um, when you want to celebrate and and share information about where and when and how and you know how to get involved and all that kind of thing. Um, it certainly makes it easy with technology. Uh, the technology has its has its uh, pros and cons too, but uh, for tonight we're going to focus on the pros because I think it's um, I think it's great that we are able to still carry on uh, a tradition, if you will, that started in the early 1900s, 
And, and it's a tradition that isn't, uh, I think it's grown on necessity, a tradition of necessity where uh, we celebrate women and we talk about the advances that are made. And, and I'm not saying, and I'm never one of these people that says um, in finance, you should go because she is female or he is male or whatever the case is. You always go where you're comfortable, where you feel it fits in, uh, where you feel like you have a connection uh, and I and I think that's always the best way to approach your relationships, obviously, is to have a connection, whether it's a professional relationship or a personal relationship. Um, but I think it's important that the we now are moving into more of the opportunities to be able to do that. So I, I do want to talk when we get back about uh, why it's important that women need to be represented in finance. This isn't a case where I'm like, you know what, there's this many people, you should have 50% of them be women just because they're women that, that, or just because they're men, they should be men. That, that's not at all. There's actually really good research to say why women are really good in finance. So when uh, we come back from our second break, I wanna break it down and, and just talk a little bit about um, the actual reality of why women um, and the representation of women in finance is really, really important because it's not just about, it hasn't got anything to do with because of a, a gender, you should hire somebody. It's because that particular gender, in this case, the, the women have some pretty fantastic skills. And that's what we're going to share. So we're going to take our second break of the night. Don't go anywhere. You are listening to Financially Speaking on the Inspired Choices Network. I'm your host, Kathy Cook-Noble, and uh, we will be right back. Too many of us get caught up in the unreal lives of reality television and complete to acquire stuff, which is setting us up to accumulate lots of debt. We're scared, confused, and don't know who to talk to. By tuning into Financially Speaking Radio Show with financial advisor and educator Kathy Cook-Noble, you'll learn tips you can use to improve your financial health, which in turn can improve your overall health and make for a very happy life. Live a life you can afford and enjoy. It is possible. Listen for Financially Speaking Radio Show every Monday at 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 3 p.m. Central, 2 p.m. Mountain, and 1 p.m. Pacific on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. Money is complicated, right? Actually, no, it's not. You don't have to be a trader on Wall Street to get a handle on your money. TV shows often instill fear to keep you believing you can't understand it or do anything yourself. If dealing with your finances brings up a lot of other F-words, then you need to read All Ladies Should Use the F-Word, A Guide to Loving Your Finances by Kathy Cook-Noble. Kathy helps you take control of your finances and leave the other F-word, fear, in the dust. How wonderful would it be to carry your favorite Inspired Choices Network host with you throughout your day? Well, now you can. Inspired Choices Network now has its very own mobile app. Our free app offers live streaming shows along with thousands of podcasts and TV episodes. Our shows cover a wide variety of topics. Whether you're waking up with us, carrying us through the day, and taking us to bed with you, we're all 
always here for you to enjoy. We're easy to find. Just search for Inspired Choices Network in the Apple App Store or Google Play Store. This is the Financially Speaking Show with financial advisor and educator Kathy Cook-Noble. To participate in the program, join our live studio audience in our chat room at InspireChoicesNetwork.com. You can also make the choice to ask or comment by email by sending to Kathy at BookKeepPlus.ca. Now back to the program. Welcome back, everyone. You are listening to Financially Speaking on the Inspire Choices Network. I'm your host, Kathy Cook-Noble, and tonight we are talking about women in finance and International Women's Day because that is March the 8th this year, and there are celebrations already being planned, and uh, maybe this year it'll be a little bit more exciting than it was last year because we were pretty much 100% virtual then. Uh, this year it's opened up a little bit, and uh, next year... I presumably it will be opened up 100% and the events will be a lot, uh, uh, a lot more uh, in their big spectacular splendor. So um, International Women's Day is uh, March the 8th this year and as, as it is each year. So before we went to break, we, we talked about the history of International Women's Day and how it's actually been around longer than most people think. And then I said, let's talk about why, what we have for women representation in finance and why it's so important. So it, it's funny. I uh, I think that it's a it's a misunderstanding about how finance works. And finance is yes, it's a lot of math. There is there's math in my day. There is no question about it. In finance and bookkeeping, there's math. And when I'm talking about finance, um, most people think because that's a it sort of sounds like a math word. There's lots of finance, but there's lots of strategy in finance as well. And there's a lot of organization in finance. And when I talk about the different skills that typically come in finance, a lot of people that you think of that have these skills are women. And yet there's, it's still a male dominated industry. So it's, it's, it's always interesting to me when I get a chance to read the stats on women in finance, which I will give to you tonight, the stats on it. But I want to talk to you about really why women should be in finance, not be, just because we should have more women in finance for the sake of doing it, but listen to the reality of what the studies are showing. There's several studies that have been for years studying this uh, particular topic. So more women in finance equals more financial stability. So how is that? Why is that? And it, this and this one comes back just as uh, into 2018 at the World Economic Forum um, that they found both the customer side, which is your depositors and your borrowers, and the firm side, which would be the leadership in the financial institutions, uh, makes the banking industry as the whole more stable. So women in finance equals more financial stability because they found having women in business actually makes the finance banking industry more stable. And they said that because with more women on the boards, they tend to have, they tend to have greater resistance to stress. They have a higher capital buffer and they have lower proportion of non-performing loans according to the study. And this is essentially what um, increasing female representation in the financial stock yields more stability for the bank, which can mean better returns for investors and for employees. 
So isn't that fascinating that if there's more women in finance, it it's not just we have more women, it's they actually make the system more stable because there's less stress. They have fewer defaults. They have um, higher buffers that they keep in capital. Isn't that, I think that's amazing. The other reason why it's important for women, by the way, I, I'm not surprised. <laughs> I've got some pretty great women I work with and it doesn't surprise me at all. The skills that I'm reading here on a study, I see it every day. I could do the study locally right here. Uh, but more women in finance equals better risk management. So if there's more stability, it makes sense that there would be better risk management. I think that would be pretty logical. Um, one of the studies found a workforce of a management group they studied, and it showed that by including more women in finance, banks take less risk, which they surmise could yield better financial outcomes. And a series of the studies on even the British newspaper, The Guardian, showed that in general, women make better financial decisions based on risk than men do. Uh, and women are less likely to jump into a bubble or jump out of a falling market. How about that? So we're more, we make it more stable and we do have better risk management. Women in finance also equals better customer and employee connections. Now, I think for most of you uh, that aren't in the financial world or reading this stuff regularly, the first two might be like, oh, that's interesting. You make it more stable and uh, less uh, better at risk management. Women are better risk managers. You might be like, that's kind of cool. I didn't know that. Better customer and employee connections, I think, would intuitively, you'd be like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. So in 2018, uh, McKinsey study found that it showed that women in finance, both at entry level and top uh, level spots help firms build better relationships with their clientele. So women are better at building relationships with people. And the study argued that because more than half of the investors are women, that's more than half the investors, we're going to talk about that, how women investors are growing, um, not just in having investments, but having much more wealth under their control. We're going to talk about that too. Um, but the study that argued that more than half of investors are women, having more female representation in financial firms gives what they called a more well-rounded view of who the real customers are. And the Boston Consulting Group, they uh, reported in just 2020, this is recent, that women are expected to hold more than 32% of the global wealth. That totals $72 trillion in private wealth. That's a lot of money that women are in control of. And women on top of this are master relationship builders, which is especially a valuable tool in any business, not just finance, but it's especially, and not even just in business, personally, it's a fantastic tool, but they're in finance. This is, they're better at building relationships with people. And it's not just about managing teams or customer service. It's about managing and building relationships. So I think that's pretty cool. And <clears throat> 2015 showed that complex requirements for coordination increase with female-led teams. They offer relation, relational leadership, which they which fosters bonding and creativity. So that's even within the organization. So that's pretty cool. Why else are women good and, and necessary and important for finance? Well, guess what? More women in finance equals better investments. 
as there's multiple studies, I've been reading this for a few years now, that women make slightly better investors than men. This is attributed to the fact that women tend to make less emotional moves than men do. They choose different and generally less risky investments than men do, and they trade less frequency than men do. So that means that they leave their money invested, so they allow it to grow and work and compound. So studies have shown women make better investors. So 2018, the Warwick Business School in England, they did a study that showed, they also showed that women outperform men on investors, on investments, and they outperform them by 1.8%. So it looked at 2,800 investors and men got a return of around 0.14% better than one of the indexes. And the female investors got a return of 1.9% better on that same index, which might not sound like a lot, but when you add, uh, take 1.8 in your investments and you add 1.8 to it, that's a lot, that can be a lot of money. So I thought that was pretty neat that there are so many reasons why women are, are good in, in finance and why they're good in business. And, and, I, and I think that these ones specifically were studies on finance, but I, I believe that you could transfer those same answers into business. And of course, next week, Lori and I are going to be talking about that um, because we deal with a lot of women in business every day, uh, both in her business, with she's a, an expert on strategy and sales. And of course, I deal with people from a finance point of view. And uh, there's a lot of, uh, lot of truth. It's it's neat to read these studies because you always think, oh, yeah, those are great in principle. But then when I skip the chance to see them every day, I'm like, yeah, they're, they're, that's right. Women make better investment decisions and women, um, they're more connected to their decisions and more committed to their decisions. And, and really the men don't make the same uh, calm decisions that women do, believe it or not, women are less emotional about their investments. And I, I instantly, I've got a bunch of people that are popping into my head that I, that I'm either, uh, that I have as clients or, or even that I'm related to. And I think, yeah, that's, that's right. They do make less emotional decisions. So that was kind of, um, I think that's kind of neat. So women are better women are definitely important in finance, like not just because there's some initiative that politicians get that said we should have more women. Women are actually important in finance. They have a real, uh, very, very, very um, dedicated uh, and big, entirely big contribution to finance that people may not understand and they may not realize or articulate it well. But women are critical to the economic wheel. And that's because if nothing else, it, it gives them the stability with, with the financial system and the risk management, better customer and employee connections, and just making better investments. So if they can keep some stability, and, and we all know how scary sometimes things get when there's some instability in the economy. Uh, it's pretty cool to think that a lot of the time women are, are the calming force in the financial market. And there's a lot of commentators that I watch that and analysts that I watch that are some pretty spectacular women and super, super good at what they do. And I think, geez, 
that's impressive because uh, not just because they're women, they're impressive people. And it's not because they're women that they're so impressive. And I think, man, some of these ones that are at the top of the game, my, and we're going to talk about how there's not a lot of them at the top of the game, but the ones that are, are pretty spectacular people. So I want to talk a little bit about um, the financial services. And I got to share with you some of these stats because I think it's kind of incredible that global women represented 12% of CFOs, which are chief uh, financial officers in large cap firms, which are the big ones, and 34% of CFOs in mid cap firms, which are um, not your small business ones, but they, you know, be a few hundred employees. Um, in 2018, 2019, women's global representation on the executive committee in major financial firms was only 20%. And that was just up from 16% in 2016. Uh, by country, this is actually incredible. So Australia had the highest global average of 34%. Isn't that incredible? Like, wow, we got some room to, to maneuver. Um, in 2019, women's global share of board of directors in major financial services firm was only 23%. Since 2019, it's only a couple of years ago. And in 2018, the global survey of firms in alternative investments like hedge funds or private equity, venture capital, real estate um, funds, women accounted for only 13% of CEOs. And among these firms, uh, among the firms that the 2018 surveyed, over half, which is 62%, have women in non-investment leadership positions. And a third of them, over a third, slightly, it was 38%, include women on the firm investment committee. And nearly half, 49%, they offer flexible work arrangements. So this is the part, I, like we're talking just a few years ago. Women are less likely to receive promotions and sponsors. Isn't that interesting? In 2017, the financial services industry in North America, so that's us here, Canada and the United States, had a 24% gap between the rates of first promotions from an entry level manager of women and men, despite asking for promotions at comparable rates. So uh, I just, it's only a few years ago. This is, this is the, the part that blows my mind. These studies are not that old, um, but we are up to our third break of the night, believe it or not. So come back because I'm gonna share with you some more stats on how they rank in the financial sector. So don't go anywhere. You are listening to Financially Speaking on the Inspired Choices Network. I'm your host, Kathy Cook-Noble, and we'll be right back. Too many of us get caught up in the unreal lives of reality television and complete to acquire stuff, which is setting us up to accumulate lots of debt. We're scared, confused, and don't know who to talk to. By tuning into Financially Speaking Radio Show with financial advisor and educator Kathy Cook-Noble, you'll learn tips you can use to improve your financial health, which in turn can improve your overall health and make for a very happy life. Live a life you can afford and enjoy. It is possible. Listen for Financially Speaking Radio Show every Monday at 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 3 p.m. Central, 2 p.m. Mountain, and 1 p.m. Pacific on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. This is the Financially Speaking Show 
with financial advisor and educator Kathy Cook Noble. To participate in the program, join our live studio audience in our chat room at InspireChoicesNetwork.com. You can also make the choice to ask or comment by email by sending to Kathy at BookKeepPlus.ca. Now back to the program. Welcome back, everyone. You are listening to Financially Speaking on the Inspire Choices Network. I am your host, Kathy Cook-Noble, and tonight we're talking about women in business, women in finance, and International Women's Day and how they all connect. And just before we left on our last break, we, I just started sharing with you some interesting stats from just a few years ago about women in uh, the financial services industry, which clearly I have a little bit of an interest in and uh, being in it every day, all day and, uh, and talking to different people in the industry. I am always kind of fascinated to see what the studies show versus what I think I see every day. Um, and I, there are a lot of truths to women are not in the top, the top positions, uh, the top financial positions. And, you know, after I read this, I got thinking about the people I know in these, in the different fund companies and different um, parts of the, the sector, like analysts and so on. And I thought, you know, I could think about who they are and, and you're like, yeah, that, that's right. Actually, there's not a lot of the women in those positions. Um, women have higher representation in leadership roles that do not typically lead to promotion to CEO, such as heads of talent and marketing business development. However, among entry-level employees, men are more likely than women to have managers and senior leaders act as sponsors. They serve as advocates, providing advancement advice and identifying opportunities. I found that a little interesting because, uh, and I see a lot of stuff um, sometimes on social media, but even through International Women's Day and, and conferences and so forth, where we talk about women supporting women and and uh, women being advocates for women. And, and I, I think in general, we as a people do better when we help others. And it's not just about building yourself up, but it's also about building everyone else up around you. And I believe that, that we do better when we do that. Um, but we definitely have room to go in finance, I can tell you. So here's something interesting. In Canada, Canada has six large banks. So we're different from the United States. We don't have all the state banks. And so we have basically six, six banks across Canada. And of the six banks in 2018, women represented 57.1% of the total workforce, 37.7% of senior management, 48.7% of middle management, and 47.7% of all professional jobs. Now in 2020, 39% of the board directors at Canada's six largest bank were women. So we're getting a seat on the board, I guess. Uh, but this is the part I find interesting is in occupations in 2016, you had financial managers was the 57.7%, but securities agents, investment dealers and brokers was 31.4%. And I thought, wow. And person in the United States, personal financial advisors was only 32.1%. And when you compare that to the other industries, um, we had some of the highest CFOs in the financial industry. And you think, well, that kind of should make sense because it's finances, but um, it's incredible to me. Then you look at it and you think, but there's still a very big pay gap between men and women. And I'm only going to mention that just to give you an example. So the 
the gender, not that we didn't already know this, I know, I, I totally understand that, but the gender pay gap persists for women across all U.S. financial occupations. So I'm just going to pick on financial advisors because I, I know some of them. And a personal financial advisor, to give you an, an, an example, the median weekly earnings in 2019 in the United States for personal financial advisors, women were $1,232, men were $1,905. That's incredible. So there's still, we haven't even talked about the pay gap with women, but I, I don't want to end on something that's going to depress us. But I, I do want to say there are a lot of trends in female entrepreneurship where they've got side uh, jobs. There's more women are starting businesses. Um, women are helping to continue to help women in business. Um, I think it's incredible that there's, uh, we're seeing a lot more startups that are women and women are growing the uh, business population for sure. Um, I've got all kinds of information I've been reading about women who continue to help using other, so 65% of female small business owners, no other small business owner women. And 91% of those solicit advice from other female business owners. So we are starting as a, as a population, we're helping each other and supporting each other. And I think that that all contributes to how we will continue to grow and continue to really have a big effect on the economy. Obviously we already do, but we're going to have a bigger effect on it. Um, and I think it's important that when we look at businesses and we look at getting into businesses, we look at everyone and pick the best people. And a lot of the time women were overlooked. And I think now we're starting to get, there's there's always work to do there's always improvements that can be made but i think it's in, there's a lot of women i know that are impressive impressive business women and i tried to showcase as many as i could in the last five weeks um to share with you there's some some incredible um professions that they have that uh you know i had brenda on and she's one of the only patent um registered people in canada for flowers and that's fascinating. I've had, we have Lori coming on again next week. Um, we've just had a bunch of really great women on and, and I hope we can continue to highlight some of them throughout the year because it's not just about International Women's Day, it's about every day. And I think we support each other every single day here on the Inspired Choices Network and we support each other out there in our, what's called our real world. So join us again next week where I'm back with my, my co-host and friend, Lori Hawkins. Thank you for choosing to listen to Financially Speaking Radio Show. Kathy Cook Noble will return next Monday at 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 3 p.m. Central, 2 p.m. Mountain, and 1 p.m. Pacific on InspireChoicesNetwork.com. We hope you'll join us. Until then, have the best week of your life by making the choices that bring you all that you desire.